Please bow your heads as we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that is about to be spoken. And I just pray, Lord, that you will bless those words as they come out of my lips and that these words will be pleasing to you as our hearts are opened to receive the message that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The whole story. To be made whole, it requires all of the elements properly belonging to be complete in one piece, undivided. In today's reading from 1 Corinthians, Paul urges the church of Corinth to be of the same mind and same purpose. Later in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul elaborates on this concept of unity when he states, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. I think the message for the need for unity is just as relevant today as it was then. There appears to be divisiveness everywhere we look, in politics, in the disparity between the haves and the have-nots, in racial and gender inequality, and yes, even in the diverse doctrines, denominations, and schisms of the church. We have all heard the saying, a house divided will fall. Do you recall who said this? Jesus. In chapter 12 of Matthew, the Pharisees accused Jesus of being of Beelzebul, ruler of the demons. When the people began to see Jesus for who he really is, the Messiah, after they witnessed him restore the sight and speech to a man, making him whole. You see, the man was labeled as a demonic because he was both blind and mute. So the Pharisees tried to convince the people that only someone also demonic could cast out a demon. Jesus tells them that if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? While Jesus said this to rebuke the Pharisees and enlighten the people of the source of his healing powers, I think it can also serve as a warning for all of us who focus on those things that divide rather than on things that unite us. A house divided will fall. A body whose members do not work together, being of the same mind and same purpose, cannot be healthy or thrive. It cannot be whole. But this is not the whole story. We actually get some insight into the whole story through today's gospel reading in Matthew, immediately following his time in the wilderness where he was attempted by Satan, Jesus learns of John the Baptist's arrest, which prompts him to begin the ministry he was sent by God the Father to do. He begins to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
know sometimes we get hung up on words like repent, and we often attach a negative connotation to it. But in reality, it simply means turn around. It's like saying, hey, I'm over here. Come back. That's why God sent Jesus. Because he wants us back. And Jesus was sent to lead us back to him through his ministry. Matthew tells us exactly what that ministry is in verse 23. When it states, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Jesus' ministry is to teach, preach, and heal. To teach is to impart knowledge, to provide instruction. To preach is to proclaim and advocate moral truth, to enlighten. And to heal is to restore to health, to make whole. Jesus' ministry to, is to make us whole in relationship with God, to bring the kingdom of heaven to us on earth in order to lead us back to God, to help us change our way of thinking about our relationship with God so that we can live life fully the way God intended when he created us, to be a part of his kingdom, to do this, he knows that it is necessary to minister to our whole persona, the mental, spiritual, and physical being that we have been created to be. When we read through the Gospels, what do we see Jesus doing during his three-year three ministry? He teaches, preaches, and heals. Besides the verse er read earlier in today's gospel reading of Matthew, where it states that Jesus went through Galilee teaching in the synagogue, we find Jesus teaching the crowds in chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, about the Beatitudes. And in Mark 6, verse 34, it says, When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. In Luke 4, verse 15, he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. In John 8, verse 2, it states that early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. The people came to him because they were hungry for the knowledge about God that he was able to teach them. Jesus also taught and preached to the people with the parables. In virtually all of the parables mentioned in Matthew, Jesus told each instructional story by prefacing it to be like the kingdom of heaven. Why do you think he did that? Through these stories, Jesus not only wanted to provide instruction, but also to enlighten and to proclaim a moral truth about what God's spiritual sovereignty, in other words, his kingdom, really was. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, 
a parable mentioned in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 13. This parable speaks to the wonder of how God can take what is considered to be the smallest and most insignificant and make it into something viewed by all as the greatest and most beneficial. And in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a landowner who goes out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. He agrees to pay them the usual daily wage, but later in the morning he hires additional laborers, and then again in mid-afternoon, and finally, once again, at 5 o'clock. At the end of the workday, which was about 6 o'clock, the Lord, landlord pays everyone the same usual daily wage, regardless of how long they actually worked. This parable proclaims God's generous heart for all of us who turn around and come to be in relationship with him, even at the last hour. Now that's good news. And then there is the healing. Jesus' ministry was intent on restoring those affirmed to health, to make them whole and free from all manners of infirmities, whether it be physical, spiritual, or mental. There are numerous instances of Jesus healing the sick in the New Testament, but the one that comes to mind for me is the one told by Reverend Jim Bankston here just a few, few weeks ago. The story is about a woman who had suffered 12 years from a bleeding disorder, who believed that if she were able to just touch Jesus' cloak, that she would be well. What really strikes me about this story is the fact that Jesus only became aware that the woman had been healed when he sensed that the healing powers had left him. And he asked, who has touched my clothing? The crowd was massive, and many people pressed against him. But it was this woman, but it was but this woman had intentionally touched his cloak with the belief that by doing so it would restore her to health and make her whole. Jesus healed her but it was the action she took on faith to reach out to Jesus that made her whole. So is this the whole story? The whole story culminates with Jesus on the cross. The whole story is that God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only son, Jesus, to teach us the truth about God's love, to proclaim the good news that God longs for a relationship with us, and to heal the brokenness that we all have as a result of this imperfect and troubled world. Jesus lived as one of us to teach, preach, and heal. He died on the cross to demonstrate all that he had taught and proclaimed about God's love. 
and he rose from the dead to restore us in relationship with God. Insomuch that if we take action on our faith and believe as the woman who was healed did, we also can be part of the whole story. Paul tells us today in verse 18, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. In other words, the story about God's sacrificial love is, is as insignificant as the mustard seed to those who succumb to the waves of the world. But to those of us who are of the same mind and same purpose in Christ and believe, we are healed of our brokenness and we flourish and grow infinitely in oneness in God's love. We are invited to have a role in the whole story and to be made whole with Christ through God, through God's powerful and everlasting love. How about it? Are you ready to be a part of the whole story? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.